today we are reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 16. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks for reading the Bible. G'day, Nawi. How you going? Um, <laughs> you guys need to reply top of the morning to you. <laughs> or, or just potatoes, something like that, you can say. Um, have you guys had enough sleep? No, neither have I. Um, are you awake? All right, well, um, maybe, maybe. Uh, today, what we're going to do is, um, it's, it's much more relaxed kind of session. We've built up many things um, over the last two talks, and today we want to look at our plan towards Christ-likeness, right? So we've said something in the first session, something in the second session, and then today between this session and the small group session, I want you guys to actually come away with at least one thing that you reckon you need to put off, and at least one thing that you reckon that you need to put on. And because it's absolutely pointless, you guys coming here and, and, and kind of hearing from God and hearing from his word and going, yes, that's awesome. I want to do that. And then you just hit back into Monday morning and that life just gets crazy busy and uh, the weeks just keep on ticking on and ticking on. And uh, we, we actually want you and I, I want you and, and, and I've been praying um, for you guys on the lead up to this that, that actually God through his spirit really does change you and grow you to be more like Jesus. Um, so that's what my prayer is for, um, for today. And, uh, and part of what I'm going to do in this talk is really give you just a, a bit of a loose picture in one sense of what God's plan is for our progress towards Christ-likeness. And, and then you guys are going to come up with your plan, which hopefully will be in alignment with that. Um, I'm sure it will. And, uh, and, and then when we get into Q&A session, um, that'll be a time not just, and this is what I'm hoping, it's a time that's not just for us questioning some of the big ideas necessarily, um, but actually questioning how on earth do we do this? And what do we do? And, and uh, there's such a collective wisdom um, in this room in terms of the things that we've wrestled with, the things that we've done that have worked, and the things that we've done that, that hasn't worked that I'm hoping to draw out. Um, I'm just one story and just one person. Uh, I don't consider myself a professional in this. The body 
of Christ is what God gives us and to help us to grow in that. So, so that's where I want to go. Are you guys with me for today, especially when we get to the last session? Sundays are always tough. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So far this weekend, here's what we've said, right? We've said that our position is towards Christ-likeness. It's that we've been sanctified by God through Jesus and to live in the world for his glory. Right? That's what we said in, in uh, talk one. And then from that position, then we actually progress towards Christ-likeness. It's through this continual process towards a person rather than towards perfection. But, but as we progress towards that person and as we reflect who Christ is, then we kind of reflect who we are as part of his family. And we said, didn't we, that, that that could be something that could only be accomplished by God's grace, by God's work in and through us. Now, don't forget that word through, because remember the picture that we had that, that God lifts and we reach. Now, it's very, very different when it comes to our salvation. It's God, 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 God. But there's something that we need to balance when it comes to our progress towards Christ-likeness and our sanctification. We are called to do something, but the only reason and the only way that we can do it is that God lifts us and that God gives us his grace and he gives us his Holy Spirit and he gives us his church family, all of that to actually complete the good work that he has set out in advance that you will be made like Christ. And, and, uh, and we are to progress um, towards that. Now, possibly, um, for you over this weekend, um, there have been familiar things, or there have been assumed things. And I, and I think um, if it's new things for you, that's great. Um, but I reckon that one of the reasons why we often misunderstand what this battle is and misunderstand what the Christian life um, should look like it is that we just assume way too much, or, or some of these things, you know, they they just become, oh yeah, God does it, and and, and we kind of do it, and we're meant to do all of these things, and it just becomes so normal, and um, that we really just forget what this growth looks like in practice. Um, so now that we've done uh, like some of that work, and, and I hope that you ask questions about those things um, as well. I've I've purposely left some things just a little bit ambiguous because I want you guys to be thinking for yourselves. And, but now that we've, now we've looked at some of that stuff, and what does that growth look like in practice? Right, what does this look like when you rock up on a Monday morning? Well, it's a little bit like growth in the Murray family, right? I haven't shown you a picture of my family yet, um, but that was a recent one at a wedding at Newtown. And uh, so, yeah? No, it's not my three-piece suit. It's my tweed jacket that I bought in Ireland um, for my granny's funeral. Um, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, it was, uh, it was actually a real blessing that I got to be at home um, when my granny passed away and, and be part of her funeral. But that's where I got that jacket from. Uh, so my, my, uh, my wife, Catherine, my son, Joshua, 10, my daughter, Grace, 8, my um, daughter, Sophia, 6, and then my daughter, Ava, um, aged four, right? One of the things about the Murray family is that our kids grow every day. Um, they grow just by virtue of the fact that they're um, part of our family. And, uh, and, and I hate to break it to you, right? Much of 
Um, the growth in the Murray family just happens through really quite ordinary, non-sexy kind of things, you know? Like, like it's, there's not glamorous, it's not glitzy, it's not shiny, um, but our kids grow through that. And, and much of the Christian life and much of, of how we grow um, is really just through similar means, right? Now, now the growth that, that, that my kids have is actually really quite extraordinary, right? You know what I mean? The processes that, that God has put in place for, for them to grow from being little babies to, to being kids and to being adults is just absolutely phenomenal. But the, this is the thing, the, the things that we do to facilitate that growth are actually really quite ordinary and, and quite mundane, Right, So as part of the family, um, they grow just as they experience things, as they're part of conversations that we have in our family. Um, as we grow and as we, not just physical growth, but, but, but actually like emotional and, and spiritual and just growth for the world, um, as they experience conversations and people that come to our house and whatever, they, they grow. Um, sometimes it's through new things that we experience going on holiday, but, but mostly it's just through the everyday. And if you've been part of a big family, you know that the everyday when you get ready to go to school is just pretty ordinary and mundane and pretty stressful every day, right? Like it's, it's just, I, I work before I go to work just to get the kids out the door. And, uh, and then my wife does it 10 times more than I do. And we eat every day, right? Pretty ordinary thing. And most of the time, the kids don't remember even what they've eaten, like, they've got no idea what they've eaten. A lot of the time, they complain about what they've eaten, even though it's something that they've liked for, like, a whole year. And then just, like, all of a sudden, they just go, they don't like it. And they spit it out, and they scrape their tongue and whatever, and we're just like, Ugh. just, oh, my goodness. Um, but the thing is, they, they grow, and, and they keep on growing. They, they grow through the fact that we ask them to do things, like pick up their clothes, even though we have to stand there with them and, and repeatedly, they've got, they've got chores. They, they grow as we teach them how to brush their teeth. They, they grow as we help them um, brush their hair. And there's a lot of hair to brush in our home. Um, they grow when I do that annoying dad thing, you know, and then when dads crank out that verse that it's only just for your, what is it, for your perseverance or something. So I'm just a really annoying dad. I play jokes on my kids all the time. Um, but they grow in their character even through the pain of their dad being a jerk. Um, and, and then a, a whole heap of their growth actually just happens by virtue of the fact that they're alive, right? You know, they're, they're alive and they just keep on they keep on growing. It's actually not even anything to do with them, let alone us, because, you know, the physiology in their body just means that they're, they're kind of, their chest rises and they breathe in air and they breathe out air and they get oxygenation going through their, their blood and, and it pushes it out and, and, they, and they just grow. Like, it's crazy when you think about it. They, they grow just by virtue of being alive. Um, when we look at how they might grow into adults, we're actually not really sure um, what's going to happen at all uh, because it just feels like for us as, as their parents that it's just all way too ordinary. Um, but the thing is that we're com the thing that we're confident of is that they will grow and, and they, they will, God willing, um, become adults and God willing, they will become well-rounded adults. Um, but all of that just seems to me as part of our family that it happens just through pretty ordinary means. And one of the things about being part of any family, and my family is, it's actually really difficult, isn't it, to see the growth? 
It's actually really difficult to see the growth when you're just right there front and center of it. Now, now this is, oh, okay, the, the photographs come up already. But you saw, go back to the other one. I, oh, no, 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 the, the very first one. So that's our kids currently. That was only taken a few weeks ago. Um, when I'm getting them ready for school every day, every week kind of goes past, um, I, I can't see that they change all that much. Now, people come along, I haven't seen them for a month, and they go, oh my goodness, they've changed a lot. Um, but when we look back, and, and when we kind of, we can see how they've grown, like, like this was something like four years ago, or whatever, it's very obvious, isn't it, that they've grown, that, that stuff has happened. Um, in fact, I, I want to show you something that's probably a little bit embarrassing, but, but here's how I've grown over the years. Um, will you see me now? That was when I got married 13 years ago. Um, I was wanting to kind of fight the English in my kilt and everything. And um, yeah, and the dreadlocks, yeah, I, I was some kind of like Celtic warrior. Um, and that's why I like thinking about battles. My wife's actually English, so I shouldn't say that, um, that, that I want to fight the English. And, and then go, go back again, there's not too much of a difference in this one. Um, that was, that was our engagement photograph. How cheesy is that? And we got, it, we got it for free. We kind of like won this thing. It was before there was digital photography. That's how old I am. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then go back again. That's me as a pirate at like age 10. Um, and uh, I, I think I've grown since then. And then go back again. Oh, how cute am I? Um, really, I wonder what has happened, right? It's, um, so something's happened. But you, you get the picture, don't you? Now, we can just blank all of that now. Lachlan, we don't need to see my head. Um, you get enough of it. I, it. It's difficult to see our growth, isn't it? But when we look back, we should see that we've grown. And, and in fact, when I look at my family, and I, and I don't just look at pictures, um, but I start to dig a little bit deeper, I, I see that the growth that has happened over this last year is that my daughter, Sophia, who's the third child, um, and she started reading. She couldn't read before, and, and now she's just like churning up books. Um, Joshua started doing things like going to the shop by himself and, and, and asking for things. And, and, and Ava is starting, that's the youngest one, she's starting to kind of uh, do things like want to play piano because that's what her, her sisters do. And she's, she's learning how to, um, how to do all sorts of different things. Now, they're quite, they're small areas of growth, um, but they are growing. And, uh, and one of the other things is as well that that growth isn't always the way that we want it to be, right? And sometimes they grow and then they regress and they, they actually grow in all of the wrong areas. And uh, particularly with things like the rude finger and stuff like that. And uh, I remember uh, just not that long ago, we were at a wedding and uh, we, we, we kind of been teaching our kids lots and lots. And I overheard this conversation um, that they were going, no, you can't do that, you can't do that. And they're all sitting around in this house and I'm going, what? What can't you do? Like, you can't do the root finger. Don't do the root finger. And they're, they're sitting there, and one of them's kind of like doing the root finger. And then all of a sudden, like, another one does the root finger. And then my four-year-old's like going like this and going like the root finger. And, uh, and, and I'm like, I don't want you to grow like that. Like, like what's going on? And, um, and I said to my third daughter, I was like, look, Sophia. I don't know why I picked her. I think she was the instigator of it. I'm like, look, Sophia. Like, I, I don't want you to do the root finger. You can't, like, like, and she said, oh, 
why not? I said, you, I, you, you just can't. And she's like, why? And I went, you can't do the rude finger to people. And she's like, okay then. And she walks around like <laughs> doing it like this. And, uh, and, and I went, look, Sophia, like, like, it, it doesn't, like, you can't do the rude finger. And then she goes, okay, double rude finger. And she's like doing all these ones. And I'm like, Sophia, like, like you're four or like whatever it is, six. You should know that you can't do the rude finger. And then she, and, uh, and then my wife kind of chirps in at this point And she goes, Sophia, I don't want to see that rude finger again. She goes, okay, mom, but you see it all the time. Like this. And she's like, she's like doing these things. And, and, you know, that's kind of a little bit like your growth, right? You, you grow, and, uh, and, and as a Christian, as you uh, seek to grow to be more like Christ, there are times, aren't there, where you just are very clearly sticking up the rude finger to God. And, and not, not only that, you're, you're kind of, as you're wrestling with what this looks like to grow, you're, you're, you're kind of skirting towards the, the, the border. You're, you're kind of trying to work it all out and work out and what it looks like. Can I do, you know, can I do this? Can I, can I do it in that way? Or can I do it in this way? And, and, um, and, and that's what our growth looks like, isn't it? it it's, it's not just this clear cut. And I become a Christian, and then, and, and then I grow, and I keep on growing, and I all of a sudden find this easy. It's actually this mash of, of, of growing through ordinary things and growing, and then at times where we just end up like looking like we're regressing and uh, looking like actually what we're doing is we're, we're, we're just sticking the root finger up at God. But here's something that I know about my family, and, uh, and it's this. It's that as they continue to be part of my family and, and as they continue to uh, do things like, like say sorry and uh, continue to trust us and work out um, how they keep on being part of the Murray family, um, they keep on growing. And, and so it is for us with God, right? As we keep on being part of his family. Even if we have times where we screw up, even if we have times where we're just blatantly disobedient um, to God, as we um, live out the Christian life in repentance and faith, as we put off the old self and put on the new self, um, and as we do that as part of his family, we just somehow keep on growing through pretty mundane things. Now, I reckon that's what the Christian life looks like. And here's the thing. It is God's plan today for you, as it has been the whole way from the beginning, that you will grow to be like his son. Do you get that? It is actually God's plan that you will grow to be like his son, that you will progress towards Christ-likeness, that you will actually grow up in the faith. And many of the ways that God enables that to happen is just through the everyday and the ordinary. His plan is that we will grow through his family or as part of his family through word and prayer and in suffering and service. And we're going to look at those just briefly as we go through. So God's plan is that we will grow to be like his son. Open up your Bibles to 1 John um, chapter 3, verse 2. 
Now, I told you, didn't I, that we were going to do a bit of flicking rather than just staying in one, one passage. Um, so 1 John 3, 2. I, I hope this is, this is the right one. Um, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. You shall be like him. Why? For we will see him as he truly is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Do you see it there? You're part of God's family. And by virtue of being part of God's family, God will make you like his son. And it's something that will ultimately happen when Christ returns. Now John tells us, I think kind of what he says there when he says, what we will be has not yet been made known. I think what he's getting at here is that we're not necessarily sure what God's plan for our growth really is. That like, like we, get, we get the end picture. We know that he will continue to work us and to be more like Jesus through his spirit and his family. And, but we're not entirely sure what the blueprint is, right? We, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in a year's time, which um, for those of you like me who likes to have a plan and likes to set it and whatever, that's really frustrating, isn't it? And it may be that as you think about how you might grow in the Christian life, you've been really... I'm just affected by that. You've been so anxious about the future. You've, you've been so anxious about the fact that you don't know what the next thing is that God has got in store for you. But, but I want to say to you today that that doesn't mean that he's not left you in the dark. He actually has given you a plan. He's, he's given you the goal. Um, and he's actually, he, he's actually there with you in doing that. I sometimes actually think that we agonize too much over what's going to happen. And we, we agonize too much about the things that we don't know. Am I right? We do, don't we? We agonize so much over the things that we don't know. And we do that at the expense of the things that we do know. But we actually do too much wondering what the progress will be like. And it actually stops us from just progressing one foot in front of the other, trusting that, Jesus, that we will be made more like Jesus. That God will do that work in us. You see, when we go on uh, holiday trips with our, with our kids, um, they, they get a little bit of the detail. We're going to Melbourne. We're going here. And, and we don't really communicate, them, uh, communicate with them too much about um, all of the every bits of detail because it would just take too long. It would be too hard. They would ask too many questions, etc., etc. Um, but they do, um, they do have enough information to be able to come along with us, to be able to trust us. And I remember one trip that we had. We were going down to Melbourne for a conference um, that, that my wife was, was doing some things at. And uh, we decided that we would sleep in the car on the way down at the side of a road rather than paying for a hotel. And um, we, were, we were stuck in this car. All the kids had got asleep and uh, they had trusted us enough to just you know, come in the car, go on the journey and fall asleep. And then as soon as we pulled over to sleep, they all woke up 
And, uh, and they started screaming and going, this is normal. It's not normal. What are we doing? Why are we here? Where are we going? Like, like why have you taken me out of bed and I'm having to sleep in, in the, like, and they're just screaming and shouting and whatever. And uh, until the point where we just, we just give up and we just start driving again um, because it wasn't worth it. But, but there was something for them in that moment, right? Um, in that moment as they were, were trusting us that, that they just naturally had questions. And, and that's part of our Christian life, isn't it? As we follow Jesus, as we seek to trust Jesus um, and seek to trust God, that, that we ask questions. And we find it hard at times to sit in the dark and not have all the answers. But I, I want to tell you something today. And uh, this is a bit more like conversations with Uncle Lee, um, right? Um, but you don't need to have all the details of your life. In fact, it might be a very big blessing that you don't have all the details of your life and all of the things that God uses to, might use to grow you. But unlike the Murray parents, right? Unlike me, God is someone that you can trust. He really is. He is someone that you can trust with absolutely everything. And he's someone that you can trust with all of the plans that he has set in place. And even though you don't know every bit of detail of that plan, you do know that he will grow you to be more like Jesus. And when he returns, you will be like him. God is not a liar. He's not a fallen parent like me. Now here's how um, Paul puts it in Philippians 1, 6, right? You see, before he, he charges actually the people to work out their calling and, and, and their election and their salvation, this is what he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this, even though you don't know all of the answers, even though you don't know what's around the corner, even though you've struggled and you've, you've kind of fallen and you've, you're trying to work out whether or not God even loves you, even though all of that, he will carry his good work to completion. Now you might know that, but just let that sink in for a moment. Maybe you're struggling with something today. Maybe you've hit a wall. Maybe you've just went, man, I, I'm kind of close to giving up. Keep trusting in Jesus. Keep holding on to what it is that he has done for you. And, and keep your mind on the fact that the goal is something that will come to fruition. He will and has won the war. And keep taking up your part in that. You see, this is a crazy thing, right? I find, and Paul says this, not me. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is where? Tell me. 100%. Right? Jesus goes to be at the right hand with the Father. But the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 
It's actually alive within you if you trust in Jesus. And that is the power that lives within you that will see that work come to completion. You're not there reaching and reaching and reaching of your own accord. You're not building steps so that you can get up there. God is the one by his grace, through his spirit, that lifts you. And as you do that, you, you reach and you grow to be more like Jesus. And it will come to completion. And one of the ways that he does that is through his family, right? And God, actually, his plan is that, that your progress happens in community, in a place that you call a local church, at Norway Baptist Church. And as you commit yourself to a, a community by virtue of being part of God's people, you will grow. And, and we see that, right? If you look at the beginning of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, and um, we see that one of the things that people do is they, excuse me, they gather into churches, they gather into communities, and as they gather into communities, we see this strange thing that happens. They seem to grow, and not only do they seem to grow in their love and their knowledge of Jesus, the church seems to grow because what they're doing is they're, they're presenting themselves as living sacrifices to the Lord. And as they do that, they're loving and serving one another and then they're proclaiming Jesus. And as they do that, they grow. Now, in the book of Acts, that growth's pretty significant looking. Um, but for most of the way through church history, it looks quite mundane. But one thing for certain is he uses that family. He uses Norway Baptist Church to help you to grow. He uses Norway Baptist young adults to cut you down at times. He uses it to care for you. He uses it to point out your weaknesses, as painful as that might be. He uses that to, to actually encourage you, where you've got people around you to point back to family pictures of what you used to be like and encourage you about the evidences of God's grace in your life. But here's the thing about this family that you're part of. This family does not exist primarily for you. Do you get that? This family doesn't exist primarily for you. You've been put into a family where you present yourself as a holy sacrifice to the Lord. And the way that that works out is that you serve Jesus by serving one another. That means it's not about you. Now, can you imagine a, a community of people where everybody is serving the other? You will be served, won't you? Not in the negative sense. But you will have people caring for you. But imagine a community where all we wanted was our own growth. Where all you wanted was to be served by others. That'd be pretty stinky, wouldn't it? Uh, you know what I mean? If that happened in our family, in fact, some of the times in our family when we have got our most like grotesque moments, it's when everybody's just sitting there going, I haven't got what I want. I don't have what I want. And, and, and we're all looking at other people to kind of serve us. And, and, and in fact, we, we lose the point of what it is to be part of a family is that we are to serve one another. And as we serve one another, then we get served. Here's how John 
Hindley puts it in his book. I'm going to mention this book again. It's called You Can Really Grow by a bloke called John Hindley. Here's what he says. Your Christian growth is not simply between you and God. You guys really need to get this. I really need to get this. It is not simply between you and God. It is between your church and God. It is between Narwi Baptist young adults and God. God uses the others in your church to grow you. And he uses you to grow them. He does not have millions of one-child mini-family units. He has one family spreading through the world and up to heaven. And then he goes on to say, right, so maybe you need to stop thinking quite so much about your own Christian life and your own Christian growth. Remember, we're talking here about our plan and your plan towards Christlikeness. And this is what he says. Perhaps it's time to work harder at helping others in your church grow. Perhaps it's time to start working harder and helping others in your church grow. And as you do that, you will find yourself growing too. Now that's actually pretty ordinary, isn't it? It is pretty mundane, but it's actually quite revolutionary. And what this means is, I reckon, that by virtue of the fact that you're part of a family like this, that you will be growing. Because I believe that Nari is a family where you guys serve one another. I've seen it in lots of little expressions over this weekend. I've heard it from, from Brett. For sure, you're not going to be perfect. But, but by virtue of being part of this family, you will grow. You will. You'll grow as this family grows. You'll grow as this family experiences ups and downs. You grow as this family just goes through the mundane kind of everyday things. As long as you're trusting in Jesus, right? And I can guarantee you that as you look back, you will see that you've grown. And, and that means that we need to, on one hand, and I'm, I'm kicking back against something that I've seen amongst younger Christians and in myself, and that there's just this anxiousness about whether or not we're growing. And you do need to be concerned about whether or not you're growing. If your growth stagnates, that's not a good thing. If your growth stops, that's not a good thing. But I do want to say to you that by virtue of being part of a family like this, you will grow. And, and here's a practical thing that I want you um, to, to write down and, and take away with you. Um, one of the ways that we can do this is a bit like looking back or telling stories. So in the Murray family, um, we often kind of sit around the dinner table and they go, oh, remember when? Oh, tell us the story. It's normally about when they think that I've farted on someone's head or something like that, which I've never done. Um, I, I, but but like they, they like telling stories. And, and they particularly like telling stories that, that, that remind them of things that have been significant in their family. And, uh, and, and I think it's really good for us, if this is something that you don't do, and to actually do this. To actually maybe sit down today as part of your, your quiet time and think about looking back. Have you seen evidence of, of God's grace in your life? 
Have there been little stories in your community that, that you need to be celebrating? And then encourage one another with that. It's such a key part because we so often think that we're not growing. But when we sit back and when we listen to God and when we look back, I reckon we see that we've grown. Does that make sense? All right, second thing, through word and prayer, Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with the gratitude in your hearts. Now, I hope you, that you see the, the family element here that this is not just something that you do between you and God. And it's not just something that you do in your quiet times. In fact, it's not even just something as through word and prayer as we let it dwell richly amongst us. It's not even just something that we do just by reading the Bible, but through his word. Now, I'll qualify that in a second um, because the Bible is his word. Um, but this is, this is more than just quiet times. Right? This is about speaking the word of God to one another. It's about singing the word of God to one another, which you guys have done brilliantly this weekend. And, and as you do that, this is why gathering together is something that you should not give up doing. Because even as you sing, and as you sing the words and the truths of God, that's something that grows you. It's something that teaches you. It's something that encourages you. Now we'll get to the Bible reading thing in a moment, but let, let's just sit on this singing part like do you actually realize that, that that your singing is one of the tools that god has given you to encourage each other to grow do you realize that because you see we get so hung up don't we about whether or not we're singing in tune or whether or not we're we're kind of performing the way that we're i'm not talking about the the band up the front i'm talking about actually us as we're sitting there we're worried about what other people will think of us. We're worried about a whole bunch of things, aren't we? But the purpose of singing is actually one of the things that God gives you to grow, to dwell, to let the word dwell richly among you and encourage other people to do that as well. Now, my wife doesn't really sing all that well. And I remember at my last church, I had my wife who didn't really sing all that well. And uh, then I had my wife's friend who sung even worse than her. And then there was a guy who stood behind me. Um, I think you probably look Shooter. I'm going to mention his name. Luke Shooter, um, a friend, a good friend of mine. And he sat behind me and none of them could sing. And, and, and it, was like a, it was just like chaos. And, and, uh, and, and I, I can sing not too bad, but when I'm standing with them, I just couldn't sing at all. And, and I used to get so frustrated by it. Um, but there was something about that that was actually deeply, deeply encouraging because you, you see for them, singing could never be a performance. It just couldn't. They weren't anywhere near good enough. And uh, it, it was just never going to be a performance, but they sung. And, and as they sung, it, it was like for me, a, a deep, deep encouragement. It, it made me kind of feel like, like I'm, I'm just preparing for battle for that week. And, and have you ever noticed actually all of the, um, all, all of like the ancient war times and whatever, people always sing. And they sing because there's something that they're proclaiming about who they are. And they sing because there's something about a togetherness that that singing brings. And that's so unique and so different. Well, well for Christians, we do that as well. 
Singing actually prepares you for war. As you sing together, it encourages you guys to go out on a Monday, on a Tuesday, to your work. Um, so don't, um, don't diminish um, what actually goes on there at all. Um, but now I'm going to come to the B word, right? Um, the Bible, that is. Uh, <laughs> the, this is a thing that we all struggle with, isn't it? Does anybody like go great guns at this or think that they've got nowhere to grow in this? Actually, don't put up your hand because it would be very embarrassing. Um, you might do, and if you, and if you do that, that is absolutely brilliant. It's never been my experience. It's always been something that I've, that I've struggled with. Um, so I love Jesus. I want to grow to be more like Jesus. But the more, uh, like, I, I get better as I go along in my Christian life. But, but often, um, me spending time with God has really felt like me sitting down and I get like 30 seconds in and my will is just like bolted out the door and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I've got a million things that kind of flow into my mind and, and, and I'm really wrestling with myself because, but because I haven't trained myself or I hadn't trained myself to work out um, how to read and, and how to listen and, and how to actually be with God. But here's the thing. If your, or if your progress is towards a person rather than towards perfection, rather than towards rules, guess what? You need to spend time with that person. You actually need to spend time getting to know that person. And that's why it doesn't just say in that passage that you read the Bible. Reading the Bible is the way that you get to know but it's not just about reading a bunch of words on a page. It's so that it may dwell in you richly. And that dwelling language is relational language. Now, you can't do that without reading his word. You can't do that without the Bible. You need to read it. But the way that you read it is key. It's not a textbook. You don't read it like a how-to guide. You read it like it's a biography, like you're getting to know a person. That you're getting to know who this God is and who we are and the work that he has done in the world. Now, I remember when Catherine and I started dating, that, that, photo, that cheesy photograph um, that we had was when we had got engaged. We'd been um, a, together, I think, for about 18 months or whatever. I was living in Belfast. She was living in England. And, uh, and, and we're, we're so old that there was no such thing as Facebook and mobile phones. Uh, so we, had to, we, we basically had to get one of those things that has a cable attached to it. And, um, and, and there was just one in the house. And I would take it and I would stretch it the whole way into the bathroom. And, uh, and, and for the majority of the time that we were dating, um, we would sit on the phone with one another for about four hours a night. It's really cheesy, isn't it? Um, but, it was, but it was great. Sometimes we didn't even talk. And sometimes we talked about a whole bunch of random things. But what was important was that, that, that we actually spoke with one another. We spent time with one another, even though we couldn't see each other, even though we were in two different countries. And, and you see, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have had much of a relationship, would we? 
If we didn't spend time with one another, if we didn't kind of talk to each other and then clarify what we were meaning, I still need to clarify and translate with my Irish accent, but, um, but, but if we don't do that in a human relationship, we don't really have much of a relationship. So what makes us think, right? What makes us think that we will grow in our relationship with Jesus if we don't spend time with him? What makes us think that we will grow in our relationship with Jesus if all we do is spend five minutes with him, ten minutes with him? Now, don't get me wrong. It's actually really, really good to start somewhere. It really is, but we, we need to work it out, and we need to get that our progress is towards a person. This is why we spent so long on digging into some of these foundational things. If you get that, if you get that, you'll start to work through the challenges of what it's like to actually spend time with God. Um, I didn't read before I became a Christian. I, I read, obviously, I could read, but I hated reading and I never did. And, uh, and it was only being a Christian and wanting to grow to be more like Jesus made me read the Bible, to be honest. Um, I, I still don't read for fun. Um, I still find this really, really difficult. But I've been on a bit of a journey over the last while where I've realized that... Um, that it's so much more than me just sitting down at my desk or whatever to read, to, to read the Bible. And, uh, and I've been discovering a couple of things. Brett and I have actually been chatting. Uh, he's been reading a book by Dallas Willard. And what's it called, mate? What's it called? Renovation of the Heart. Um, I've been listening to some podcasts by a guy called Pete Scazzaro and uh, John Mark Comer uh, in America, in Portland, Oregon, in America. And, uh, and, and a lot of this stuff, if you want to dig into how you might actually spend more time with God and, and how you might train yourself to do that, go and look up those guys. Um, I have never taken days where I've just spent um, time, like the whole day, reading the Bible, fasting, and praying. And that is to my shame. And, and last year... Last year, I got to a point where I just kind of hit a wall in my Christian life and I started reading this stuff. And I went and I spent a whole day just reading and praying and whatever. And I came away from that going, why the heck? Why the heck have I not done that sooner? Why the heck have I not seen that my relationship with Jesus is so much more than just reading my Bible? Now, I knew that it was and I believed that it was, but I didn't work that into my life. So I want to encourage you today that if one of the things that you do as you leave here, that you think about how you will spend time with Jesus. Actually getting to know him, listening to his word, and be creative in, in how you do that as well. Don't just see it as sitting down at your desk or, or on the train or whatever for 10 minutes. This is someone you want to know. And you see as you get to know him more, the more that some of those things about your position in him will become real to you, the more secure you will become, the more that you will realize that you're loved, and the more that you will actually grow. You will, because that is the plan that God has had um, for you. My last thing is suffering and service, right? So family, my family is like a little ecosystem of suffering, okay? Um, <laughs> 
It really is. Uh, there's lots of suffering that happens in the Murray family. It's normally around dinner time, bedtime, and getting out for school in the morning. Um, uh, but as we seek to actually serve one another, that doesn't happen smoothly, right? We, we rub shoulders, our personalities butt against each other. We have to navigate how we're feeling because, you know, with six people, we're all feeling different each morning most of the time. Um, when we, we have to work out how we can help each other grow because they're all growing at different times. Um, they, they all need different things at different times. And it's not just like this, uh, they're growing. It's really, really messy. Um, sometimes they look like they're, they're growing and they need some things and then it changes and you wonder why um, you're having an argument about something. And it's, it's just a little bit messy. Um, but that's one of the things that helps our family to grow as we navigate that. And as we kind of do that, particularly in patience, particularly in repentance, love, and perseverance, we actually grow as a family. And it's exactly the same for you guys, right? Because you're part of a much bigger family. And I can imagine that you've already experienced this as you seek to serve one another. Narwi Baptist Young Adults is like an ecosystem of suffering. Yeah? Did you say amen? Um, <laughs> and that's because Brett's here. Um, and, that's, and that's because you're here. 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 It's because all of you are here and part of this family, right? You're actually part of a little ecosystem of suffering. And, and, but one of the things that we do is, when we experience suffering, particularly in the world that we live, because we say that suffering or if things are not going all that well, that they're not good for us and that we ought to just abandon it. That, that, that's the general thing when you look on Facebook and Insta stories and whatever else, that's what we see. Um, but this is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I wanna say to you that God uses this as part of your growth. Not just the good things at Norway Baptist, but actually the struggling things and the hard things. And in fact, I've always found that the people that, that, that I, I most get frustrated by a lot of the time. It's more me that needs to change rather than them and my reactions. Like they still might be jerks, but, um, but, but, but like it, it, it really is. God uses that to teach me a lot about myself, to grow me in my patience and all of that kind of stuff. So look at Romans 5.3. Have a look at Romans 5.3. Now this isn't a license to be a jerk, by the way. Um, you're, not, you're not to do that. Um, I think I, I said something like this at our youth group a while ago, and one guy went around like punching everybody and just like dead arms, you know, saying, I'm growing you to be more like Jesus in your perseverance. And uh, yeah, that's not what you do with this, okay? Um, Romans 5 3. We also glory in our, what's the word there, Norway? Sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces, what does it produce? Perseverance, character, or perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I don't want to diminish the suffering that you might have experienced as part of your church community. I've got no idea. I'm not saying this with any great authority, but I can imagine that by being part of this family, 
that you will have suffered in some way, shape, or form. And, and some of you might have suffered in a very, very deep way and nobody else even knows about it. I, I don't want to diminish that. I, I, I don't want to belittle that in any way. But in a more general sense, here's what I want to say. By being part of this family, by being part of a family that is not perfect, and by being part of a family that produces um, suffering as you seek to love and serve one another, you will grow. As people have tough conversations with you, you will grow. You will grow as you sin against each other and you have like angry conversations or frustrated conversations and you realize that you've done the wrong thing. And as you repent of that and as you, you say sorry and as you trust in Jesus, you will grow. None of us like it when we've hurt another person, do we? We, we don't. We don't, but we need to see those moments as opportunities to grow within our family. We need to do that through repentance and faith. And, and as we do that, God will grow us to be more like Jesus. You see, it's not about you being perfect. It's about you progressing. It's about you progressing. And to do that, you need to do that in repentance and faith. You need to do that as you trust one another as a family. Now, here's a couple of things that I just want to leave you with um, in this. I, I think by virtue of being part of a family like this, and, I, and I've alluded to it before, I, I think it means that we, we can relax a little bit. Now, now this might seem... Even as I say it, I go, man, that's so unbiblical because, because, like, uh, because a big part of what I want to do is to grow people and to help people to grow and to encourage them to do more and whatever. But one of the things that I see um, is that we fall into, um, we, we just fall into this trap of being anxious about our growth and being anxious about the future. And we worry ourselves so much that we think that we're not growing and then we end up just going, well, if I'm not growing and if I'm not feeling it or if I'm getting it hard, then I'm just out of here. I want to say to you that by being part of this family, you will grow and you can relax a little bit. Now, I'm not saying don't work at it. That's not what I'm saying. But you can chill out a little bit. You can relax a little bit. That growth might seem slight, but because you see, it's not always like it is when you kind of uh, first discover Jesus or you start to discover new things about Jesus and you think it's going to be like this and keep on getting up and everything's new and, and everything's all like, whoa, I can't believe Jesus did that. It, it's not like that. In fact, the longer that you get on your, on your Christian life, um, the more slight that seems to become. And then there's times that massive things happen that propel you and grow you and whatever. And, and in some ways... And you actually just need to relax and chill out a little bit. This means that you don't need to necessarily be always looking for a particular breakthrough experience. You don't need to run from one experience to the next, in a sense. You don't necessarily need the spectacular to grow. Now, God will use those things. And he will use experiences in your life, like going on mission trips, going to a conference, being just part of like an awesome moment within your family. He, he will use those things, but you don't need to keep on looking for those things. I often feel like we think about our Christian growth like the next fab diet plan. You know what I mean? Like, 
like we'll, we'll do rip and shred or, or, or whatever it is, the Atkins diet and the, the paleo diet and the, the fasting 5-3 thing or whatever it is. And we're just constantly looking for that next thing that will work. Now, God might use those things. And, but he often just uses the everyday and the mundane so we can, we can chill out a little bit. Because um, families are little ecosystems of, of growth, and, and this is what I want you to get in this, and hopefully it's come through. Um, our growth is not, I was going to use the word fluid, but it's not consistent. It, it's not something that's consistent. It's not something that is on the up and up and up all of the time. That's not been true in my life. It's not true of the lives of the people that followed Jesus, the disciples. Um, it doesn't seem to even have been true of the Apostle Paul. Um, it's not been true of Brett. It's not been true of, of any of the people that you might look up to. Um, and in fact, I think what happens is the Christian life looks a little bit like this. It's like this spiral and it goes up and down. And, and we walk through our life. We trust in God and we go, I know that God is good. And then something happens in your family. Like for me, it was my grandmother passing away really shook me up last year. Um, it, it really shook me up. And that forced me to go back and to, to work out whether or not I really trusted that God was good. And I went back to his word in his family and I, and I just kind of kept on going and, and, and God grew me through that. And there'll be all sorts of things that happen in your Christian life. It'll go up and down. It'll, it'll spiral round and round. A lot of that'll be through suffering. A lot of that'll be through hardship. A lot of that'll be through feeling like you've been disappointed and let down by people. It will. But can I just say that that is part of the normal Christian life? It really is. And, and you guys, more than, more than most... I think are told that what success looks like and what growth looks like is that. And you really need to fight against it because that's not what we see in the Bible. It doesn't make a sexy meme, right? Or Insta story. But it's true and you know that it is. But keep on going. Keep on trusting in Jesus. Keep on working through the suffering. And as you do that, do that as part of his family. Do that through the word and prayer. Do that recognizing that as you serve one another, you will suffer for that. But that suffering in and of itself is not bad. It's one of the things that God uses to grow you. Nari, I'm really praying that... Um, is the band getting up to sing more music? No? Sorry, I told you I was going to be more loose this session. I, I don't know when I went off my notes. It was yunks ago. Um, but... Uh, I'm, I'm really praying that, that some of this stuff sinks in. So will you pray with me as we hand it together? Um, Father God, I, I thank you so much that you save us and you bring us into your family and that you promise us that you will work in and through us by your spirit, through your word. And Lord God, I pray that by your spirit, you will comfort those who are broken this morning, that you will inspire those who are hungry this morning, that you will facilitate everyone um, to be able to grow, to be more like you, to, to see things that they um, need to grow in, that they need to put off, that they need to put on, all for your glory. And, and Lord God, I, I pray that as they live out a life as farmers, soldiers, and athletes, that they continue um, to run that race by your power. 
um, so that when you return or when they reach you, that they will hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that they will be made like you when you return and that they will look back on this moment in their lives and they will see that you have been with them and that you have grown them to be more like you. Amen.